Hey, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Spooky Succubus cast, in which I, Abby, try to make sure that my input on my mic sounds the same throughout. Um, I, Rebecca, am going to try to not fuck something up with this recording as hard as I can, but I don't understand technology or computers, and I especially don't understand GarageBand. So we've been at this for two years, and we still... <laughs> Fuck it up every, like, every single week. It's every true. Every week, my dude. Um, existence is torture. I don't, It's a you prison, know. yeah. Yeah, we live in a prison, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <sighs> Boy, well, anyway, welcome. Spooky Succubus cast, anti-racist, anti-capitalist, uh, Marxist, intersectional feminist podcast about horror movies. And today we're talking about... Not the original, but the remake of Fright Night from 2011. You know what I love is that we're not beholding ourselves to, like, having to do the original first. You know, we're not, like, purists. You know, we're just going to... We're all over. Yeah. I literally have my garage band, like, pulled up in the corner to make sure it continues recording with the snowball output. Because I don't know what the problem is. I'm currently watching the little bar, like... I'm like staring. There's always <laughs> drama. It's true. I am like on the Real Housewives of New Jersey, which um, is speaking of, in this yeah. movie. Wow. So we're yeah, we're talking 2011 Fright Night remake. Um, it's so 2011. I I kind of really enjoyed this movie. So it's written by Martin Knoxon with story credit to Tom Holland. Do you remember him? Marty From, Knoxon. What did Marty I say? Marty Knoxon. What did I say? Martin. You said Martin. You know what I have written in my notes? Marty. Why did I say Martin? I don't know. You just micro-aggressed Marty Knoxon. I was like, the the whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, the vampires in this movie really look like the vampires in Buffy. Yeah. Lo and behold, Marty Knoxon uh, was the screenwriter and eventually exec- executive, executive producer, producer on Buffy, um, the show. Not the movie with Joss Whedon, um, makes sense. Trash can man, but yeah, I was like, it all falls into place. Was Buffy still running at that point? I feel like it ran for so long. No, it, I think Buffy ended like early two thousands, right? No, I think it ran really, really long. Sarah Michelle. Oh, never Miller. mind. What are you doing? What? Only till two thousand and three. I was like, it was definitely still on in two thousand eleven. Definitely. Um, Dol- it's weird. Dolphinately. Like looking back at the two thousands, they like all start to blur together. You know. Yeah. Um. Okay. Sorry. Marty Knoxon and Tom Holland, who also directed Child's Play and had like screenwriter credits on that movie as well. So. Welcome back to the cast. Tom Wait, Holland. Tom Holland is on. Is he like? It's the story he's by screenwriter. Story by. So it's because of his. Um, the original. Who's it? What's it? He was okay. Something writer. <laughs> he's what? <laughs> I I'm like embarrassed to tell you. No. So tell me. Um, I have like, for some reason, I have two desktops, like. Back on my, um, does it go this way? Go back over to the other one. On my Mac, like, and I don't know why. It's like display one, display two. So I'm desktop one and desktop two. But I ended up, my notes ended up in desktop two, and I don't know how to get them back over to desktop one. Okay, there we go. There we go. (laughs) 
Okay. Notes are your notes back? My notes, notes are, are back. That was... It's really embarrassing. It's okay. Yeah. I, I mean, um, display one, display every day, two. Who knows where we every are? Every day I Why humiliate myself displays? for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love humiliation. I think, like, I love telling embarrassing stories about myself. One, because I embarrass myself and get embarrassed really easily. And two, because it's just, like... Fun. And then if I tell a story like that, then I get to hear other people's embarrassing stories, which just brings me a lot of joy. So that's like something I love so much about um, TikTok, because like when I was a kid, I would be I would be like, why can't I watch like embarrassing scenes in movies without like closing my eyes and cringing? Yeah. But then I TikTok made me realize everybody gets secondhand embarrassment. It's like a universal experience. We were just experiencing so many things in a weird vacuum alone before the internet. I, like, really, I'm really affected by it. I mean, you know, I'm, like, a really sappy, empathetic person. So, like, secondhand embarrassment. Like, I, like, my face gets red and I, like, I get... It's painful. I, I like, can't hurts. watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, like, worse than watching the, like, bodiest body horror to Oh, yeah. Me. I can't, like... I couldn't watch American Pie because it was just so much of it was so embarrassing to me. And so I was embarrassing. Like, no, 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 I can't. Speaking of, have you watched the wedding speech TikTok? I can't watch it. It's too upsetting, like, and embarrassing. So I just watched, like, a synopsis of it. I am I mean, horrified. It, I know it's, it's only, like, minutes. two minutes long, right? Yeah, but, but I I've kept seen, having I've seen to it going it. around. But I was like, I can't watch it. Like, I watched the first 15 seconds and I was like, she didn't write anything down. She's drunk. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I can't. I can't watch it. It just so got I didn't. worse. It she gets really yeah, racist, right? racist. So racist. And, oh, my God. I was just like, if anybody doesn't know, just Google wedding speech on TikTok. Or Google. Just type in wedding speech on TikTok and wait for a white blonde lady in a blue dress to... It's a very short dress, and she has some, like, horse clomper heels on. I, like, yeah, I I watched it, and then, like, a couple people sent it to me, and I was like, oh, I've seen it. Don't worry. I'm... Complete antithesis of your perfectly executed wedding speech. Oh, I I don't know about that, but I tried really hard. You did a great job. Thank you. And you called me smart, which made me feel very gassed up. You are smart. And I live only to gas you up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Live to gas. Okay, I think I've got my... uh, Notes at the ready. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I thought that would be quieter. No, I was going to say I have (laughs) my screen arranged perfectly so I can see my notes. The input and the recording and your face all at the same time. Wow. Yeah, I beauty. mean, this is She is beauty. She is grace. <laughs> this um. is the height of innovative thinking. Um, we, it's also, okay, so we went through writers, but directed by Craig Gillespie, who I have so many mixed feelings on. Listen, I, Tanya, is honestly... I don't know how to say this. I don't know. It's a powerhouse. It is one of my favorite movies. And one it's of one those of the movies. Best. But it's not necessarily because of him. I think it's Margot Robbie. It might be truly. Margot Robbie. But like not all the time, but sometimes I, when I watch a movie and I really like was 
taken by it or like enjoyed it a lot or like I will I will have to like immediately turn around and watch it back to back again and I did that with Antonia and I've seen it like 10 times I don't know why something about it like really do you ever have this experience this Itani was a movie that I loved so much that I like couldn't even think about it like sometimes when I like really love something I'm like I can't even like revisit it in my brain because like I feel too keyed up about it you know (laughs) I'm too affected emotionally yeah like oh my god (laughs) like up top my my feelings are in caps yeah that's really how I felt and I and I like I don't know. That happened, I think, before I was born. I don't remember. I don't know exactly when the. No, you were born. I was it maybe a, in the a, early a 90s. child. Yeah, it was I like don't know. Maybe it's the acid wash jeans that make me think it's the 80s. But I. We were like. I'm not going to say a Tanya Harding sympathy family, but my mother. I mean, we were white trash, so we were Tanya Harding sympathizers. We were Tanya Harding, right? My mother hated Nancy Kerrigan hated her and like the whole crying on television thing and she was yeah like I don't know and then like you know I've I don't know I feel like I've yeah it was 94 so so I was a toddler but I've consumed so much like Tanya Harding content I don't even know where I know all of this from but that like Nancy Kerrigan was also blue collar and working class but like she just but presented I think of, when you think of Nancy Kerrigan, yeah, you think of like a white collar equestrian woman, even though right. yeah, like she's from whatever, like Franklin or Marlboro, Mass, and yeah. like she grew up blue collar. But Tanya Harding, just like she was so, like the antithesis of what figure skating was. Right. She was like kind of raunchy and foul mouthed, and like she really reflected back like the working class to us and we were like wow she's like us but she's also (laughs) like basically an olympian but now i mean my mom like the level of obsession about like generally 90s figure skaters in our home like verging on unhealthy like i think my mom like wanted to run away with scott hamilton (laughs) we were also like i mean maybe everybody in the 90s because there was like nothing else on tv it was but so big in the 90s we all yeah. watched the olympics all the time like always yeah and I, that's like a lot of, like i swam that was our like my sport for sure and like watching I swimming watching was the like diving a huge you know like i would get so excited mm-hmm. and my sister loved watching the diving and like still does and i yeah like the watching the olympics it, like it just hits different and like it was like i don't know just yeah so huge in a way that i don't think it is now and yeah, like, do kids today even know what a triple axel is? Like, do they understand on. what goes into <laughs> it? Like, did they like? And she was, yeah, like such an athlete, and then like was in I this. I feel like I Tanya did a really good job of capturing right. that sort of like very high key energy of the nation, just like watching this extremely random <laughs> and extremely out of the blue like rivalry that like. I don't know. I just, it would be hard to explain to someone today, I think, because it was just so specific to that time and that place, you know? And it's honestly, like, such a cultural touchstone that 30 years later, we are still, like, you still referencing that. And that's something that people... Like, imagine trying to explain the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan drama to, like, someone from the 1800s. Okay, there's a figure skater. Let's go like, through figures. They wear these here. outfits, and Tanya wasn't Have wearing the right. Have you heard of ice? 
there's ice. Okay, so we put blades on shoes, you know, and it's... I, Actually, I think figure skating or skating existed in the 1800s. Only I know that because of Little Women. There were no, there was no figure skating, there which is no also such thing. like I've never I've skated before, like on ice, but I'm figure ice skated. That's the word I'm looking for. But it kind I of, am so bad at ice skating. I'm so bad at it. I like. How did they do that? I grew up I can't in understand it Arizona, right? But we had polar mm-hmm. ice was like the place we went um, for like our like end of the year whatever vacation thing. And one year, I think I was probably like twelve or eleven or something. This guy mm-hmm. got his fucking f- face slashed. Right? Like, something happened. Somebody fell. I don't know. But he, like, I just have, like, a vivid memory. He was, like, a, an adult. I'm assuming he was somebody's dad. Wait, but he were was, you like, there? I was there. We were all, my oh whole class my was God. waiting to get on the ice. And this guy was, like, coming, actively coming off the ice, like, holding his eye, like, with blood dripping. And it is seared into my memory. I freaks me out like I you that's so crazy and I've been like with my nieces and And nephews and I'm like nobody everybody keep their shoes away from each other's limbs and eyes (laughs) (laughs) nobody get too close to each other you know oh my god that's terrifying so scary Um, this is the last thing I'll say about a skating related thing before (laughs) we can stop talking about about this is not a podcast about (laughs) I Tanya but um I follow this uh like roller skater uh from atlanta on uh, tiktok and they do these like crazy moves i say they do this thing called like i think it's called sparkle sundays at this like roller rink in atlanta and it's all these like groups and individuals go skating and it's like the coolest thing i've ever seen i'll send you a video but i highly recommend it i should drop the drop the app the um, yeah. We'll talk more about Craig Gillespie later. I guess we should start talking about the horror movie because we're like 35 minutes Yeah, finally minutes it's not in. my fucking turn to read the plot. I feel like I've read the last like eight plots. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got lost minutes of the tape, you know, so. There's a lot of stuff that has happened here. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we open on a stormy sky and a crane shot of a small housing development development outside of Vegas with lots of for sale signs. Um, a conveniently placed Peter Vincent magician ad. Peter Vincent played by, oh fuck, what's his name? What's it? Tell me what's his David name. David Tennant. David Tennant, sure. Uh, do, do you watch I Doctor Who? Like, Are you a Doctor Who? Um, I have human? seen David Tennant's Doctor Who, but I really liked him from. They made good the Good Omens show, um, and he was in the in Good Omens on Amazon Prime. And um, he has this, like, the, he also, back to TikTok, he and um, Michael Sheen, who was married to Kate Beckinsale and was um, Lucian in the Underworld movies, they have this, like, really cute, funny um, TikTok friendship. I have I, seen they the, are, the, like... They're, like, real-life friends. I've painted that. They... Shut the fuck up. You did not. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I, like, can't get enough of them. But, no, I never really became a Doctor Who person. Like, yeah. I know that, um... I know it that happens. he was one of the great doctors, but I just... I don't care. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. Um, uh, 
The most I know about Doctor Who is the like parody spoof they do of it in Community, um, Doctor Space (laughs) Time, and that's so that's like damn. He is working. Look at this man's David, IMDb. I was just on his fucking IMDb page. Like, man, how old are you? Are you tired? I'm tired for you. Yeah, seriously. But he always looks like he's having fun. He, I'll tell in you this what. movie, he seemed like he was having a great... This is like... I don't just know why this movie didn't do so as well. Because it's so fun. It's a really fun movie. And I was having a good time watching it. Um, yeah, I remember watching it. I, I rented this uh, on DVD from the video store wow. just to set the stage, but I thought it was really funny when it came out. I've never seen it before this time. This is my first time. My this first time. special moment. Oh, he was on the Catherine Tate show, which was pretty funny. Hmm. Um, he, uh, I don't know. He's funny. Oh, yeah, he is. That was one of their things. He plays Barty, Barty Crouch Jr. in Harry Potter and the Goblet of, of Fire. Of course, the tongue. And um, that was, like, one of the, like, conversations they had, which was, like, I was in Harry Potter. And they were like, you're in one film for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes. You're, like, someone else was playing you, pretending to be them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I recommend Good Omens. It's pretty funny. Um, And I think that is... Is that Michael Sheen? Like, is that where this all comes from? And I just don't know what I'm talking about literally ever. Um, yeah, it's Mike. It's him and Michael Sheen. Like, I'm so stu- stupid. Yeah, so they play, like, I don't know, an angel. Angels. He's a, maybe Crowley. He plays Crowley, who I think is like a demon. And then Michael Sheen plays the angel sidekick. Cute. And Francis McDormand plays God. I think there's even I another love season Francis out. McDermott. Um. So okay, okay so here we go. About shit, I don't know about. Um. So, magic ad for David Tennant playing in the background, and uh, a teenage boy is running from a back bedroom. We hear growls, see a bloody arm. He runs into his parents' bedroom. They're both dead. He hides under the bed and tries to load a gun, but the bed's ripped off. He's attacked. The next morning, Charlie Brewster, played by, rest in peace. Anton Yelchin. So trash. Baby. He's adorable baby. Um, he talks to his mom, Jane, played by Tony Collette. She's a realtor and is unhappy because everyone is moving away, but she doesn't like their new next-door neighbor who hasn't moved his dumpster yet. The audacity. Um, Amy, played by Abby's favorite actor, Imogen Poots. What? I love her so much. <laughs> you really do. She's I know. versatile. She has beautiful, like, features. She's funny. And I think we should cover this movie. She does this very weird, like, sci-fi horror movie called Vivarium. Have you ever seen it? No, I think I've heard of it. Though. It's very cool. I think we should cover it. I was thinking, I was, like, reading the IMDb page for it while I was watching Fright Night, because I was like, she's so good. And uh, I think that this Christmas we are due to do her version of the Black Christmas movies. Right. Because we did the 70s, we did the remake from the 2000s, so I think we're finally due for uh, the 2012 remake. Oh my god, I forgot about the remake Black Christmas. What a terrible movie. God. I'm going to post this on the Instagram, and anyone that can guess... What we're recording based on having Tanya Harding's Wikipedia page open gets a special <laughs> prize. <laughs> um, okay, so Imogen Poots, 
uh, whose name in this movie is Amy, uh, is Charlie's girlfriend. She drives up in her very mid-2000s green bug and drives him to school. Uh, Dave Franco is the school bully, and he thinks that Amy is too hot for Charlie. Charlie's old BFF, Ed, played by Christopher Mintz, Mintz Plass, um, again, a stacked cast. Like, I'm I like... sorry to this man. I'm sorry to Christopher Mintz Plass, but like, your thing is so annoying. He, he's very annoying, but I like kind of like him. He's like he's kind like, of adorable. He's kind of a cutie, I know. Um, he's like perpetually baby faced. He still looks like a baby, like a he looks like an old baby now. But... Old baby, yeah. But um, it is kind of like annoying, but I think it's relatable and I enjoy it. Um, so he says that their friend Adam is missing. Ed wants Charlie to come with him to Adam's house after school and threatens to tell his cool new friends um, how nerdy he truly is. Amy drops Charlie off at home just in time to see Jane flirting with the dumpster neighbor, Jerry, played by Colin Farrell, who's just like... I don't get it, okay? <sighs> I get all of he it. He gave I love... me, like, the ick through this no, whole I love movie. It. I like... I think, like... There's something Maybe wrong it's in Bruges, me. that's why. Um, he's also, like, a bad person in, in Bruges, but... Um, I love him. I love his eyebrows. I love his weird face. I love that, like, his pupils take up his whole eye and he has, like, no whites of his eyes. I, he's so, like, weird looking. No, he's fucked up looking. But he's, hot. Still. I just feel it like for me. I'm like, that guy would murder me. You it know? all works for me. But, like, I also, like, Colin Farrell's another one who is still working and has, like, only gotten, like, more and better roles with age. Because I think after the whole sex tape thing, nobody was taking him seriously, but... Oh, yeah. I kind of forgot about that. Does he work now? Like, I He just did why... the Batman. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like in my brain, there's a chunk of, like, people's IMDb history that's missing. That is anything that's, like, Marvel, Batman, like, any of that stuff. I did it's watch just, like, it doesn't, the Batman. It doesn't exist to me. Because Caesar loves the Batman. It was actually pretty good. I thought good. his favorite movie was Hellboy 2. <laughs> the Golden Army. Um, <laughs> he does love that movie too. But that's like his... He likes Batman. I don't know. That's his thing. I get it. I think Christian Bale was like good as Batman. Is that still relevant at all? Or have there know. been like 10 Zoe Batman since was in, that happened? was in this recent one. She was a she, cat woman. She did a great job. Yeah, it was... Far too long. The movie could have sliced a full hour off, but I, since I have been with Adam, I've not watched a movie longer than two hours. It's just not because he can't. Sit he will not it. do it. He won't. No, he can't sit there. He won't do it. We like really had to gear up to watch it. It was like, which is stupid because we'll watch like two, three episodes of Game of Thrones in a row. <laughs> I know, right? But we can't like be like commit. To but this I'm like, four, this is a huge commitment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So. Jerry's there. Uh, the ladies are enamored because obviously, I'm enamored. Uh, but Jane, you can him. tell he's a vampire in the middle of the day. He is wan. Pale. He's pale. <laughs> his uh, his eyes have dark circles under the. The man is not well. Um, like no critical thinking was thought. But Jane does blow him off because it's suspicious that he's single but hot. Doesn't make. Does not compute, right? I agree, Jane. 
good thing. Yeah, she was right. Her instincts are good. Uh, Charlie rushes off to meet Ed. They break into Adam's house. Um, Ed thinks that Jerry is a vampire, and he takes a hammer and cross to investigate the house. Ed shows him a map that he and Adam made of all the missing families and attacks. Jerry's house is in the center of all the activity and has blacked out windows. There was also a woman who escaped an attack where a guy tried to bite her. Ed wants to break into Jerry's house during the day, since that's what Peter, Peter Vincent's website suggested. Aforementioned David Tennant, magician. He and Charlie officially break up their friendship. While, Dave, or while Ed skateboards home, he's attacked by Mark, Dave Franco's bully, um, but escapes over, over a fence just to be met by Jerry. Sorry. <coughs> I think it, yeah, I would have gone with Mark in his little tracksuit rather oh my than God. It was the 400-year-old vampire. Also so funny because Dave Franco is like a little person. He's like kind of a short guy. And so is like Christopher Mintz like, yeah, he's little, sh- he is a kind of he's, a shorty. He's, he's yeah. a short king. Um, but so like <laughs> watching them square off, I'm like, who am I afraid of here? I don't like, who's the bully? Yeah, like you're both goofy. You're yeah. both goofy looking. Yeah. So, um... So then Ed smashes into a, the back door of an abandoned house, thinking that Jerry can't follow, but since it's abandoned, he can. He runs up the stairs, uh, uh, uh. out onto the roof, um, but Jerry's waiting. He falls into the pool, and they, he bites him, and they, like, float underwater. It's, like, a little romantic. There's a lot of, like, everything is sexy. And I just want to know... And maybe there is an answer to this, you know, in some of the movies we haven't yet covered. Maybe it's Ganja and Hess. But when did vampires get so horny? Like, were they I always think like this? Dracula. Was Nosferatu yeah. horny? <coughs> I think it all started with Dracula. With, um... <sighs> Fuck. Why, why do we do this podcast when I can't think of anyone's name? I don't know. Literally like, ever. I, like... I just don't know, like, who would listen to us. <laughs> I'm just like, um, I'm, I have, I don't know, the disorder where, uh, I can't ever think you, of. Ma'am, you have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> I have Bella Lugosi. Oh my God. That's who started Oh it. yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. I have a disorder where I can't think the end. I, uh, did I tell you how I recently watched Bram Stoker's Dracula, the one with, um, Gary Oldman? And I, like, when I was a kid, I was like, this movie's, like, hot. And then I watched it again. I was like, this is, this movie is close not. to unwatchable. <laughs> I love Keanu I will Reeves. mostly, I'll sit through anything, but that is as close to an unwatchable movie as I've ever sat through. I, you know, accents are hard. And I love Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, really enjoy him on screen. I think he does a good job sometimes. I don't think Sometimes, this- yeah was one of those times. And I tried to watch it once, like a few years ago, and I was like, bro, I'm out. Because I think if I continued it's watching, like then I would never so watch Keanu too. Reeves in another thing. And I was like, I, you can't take I mean, speed away from me. No, even though it's propaganda. Um, <laughs> it's true. Gary Oldman in that movie is like just, what I didn't even fuck? get to the part where he, like, is wearing, like, a hat and has a goatee. I couldn't even get to that part, oh, which is what glasses. I wanted. Yeah. Cause, like, yeah, the other part um, where he's just, like, a very pale man with shapely hair, that's that's hard, you know? 
He does. He looks good with the glasses. Um, it's like in Little Nicky. That's what that hair reminds me of. You know, where like, they, they like, put <laughs> the does. boobs on the guy's head. Do you remember that part? And yes. He does look good with this hat. I have to say, and uh, I don't know if people will disagree with me, but I just didn't think Gary Oldman was what I wanted out of Sirius Black, you know? I, didn't I love think it Gary was good Oldman, casting. but I, yeah, I, I don't. He's not Sirius Black, though. <laughs> also, those people are supposed to be, okay, so let's say Harry's parents had him when they were, like, in their 20s. So they they're were supposed to be in their 30s. And I'm pretty sure that Gary Oldman was in his max. 50s. And he was like, he was way too old. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, I needed like a 30-year-old. Yeah, the same was looking him. a little ill. <laughs> I remember when, looking a little ill. Uh, I remember when Wonder Woman came out. And I don't remember the actor's name. Because again, I don't know anybody's name ever. But uh, <laughs> he plays the like bad guy in a... Or, the like I don't he was supposed to be like yeah like a bad guy and he like takes his shirt off and I was like I don't need to see Lupin without you know like this guy I'm just yeah, what the I was hell so is confused his name? about everything I don't know yeah. you're talking about the one with the Zionist war criminal Gal Gadot right <laughs> yeah that Wonder Woman yeah which honestly I cried when I saw it so oh uh, is this a David Thewlis who knows? Um, you want to guess how I much, did. how far into the plot we are? Barely. I feel all. like we should move along. Yes. <laughs> okay, so Ed has succumbed to Jerry. After school, Charlie goes to Ed's house to look for him and is greeted by his parents, including Lisa fucking Lisa Lowe. I seriously saw it here? and was like, ah! like when I saw her on screen, I was like, where am I? Lisa? It was what are like you doing the opposite here? of a jump scare. It was like a jump delight. I was like, ah! Um, and then I immediately texted you, Lisa Loeb, exclamation point. Like, no content. I was like, what is happening? And then uh, Brian Husky, who plays his dad, is a really funny comedian, too. Yeah. I was like, I wish they were my parents. <laughs> yeah. They seem like such a good time. And they're, like, smiling. I don't, yeah, they seem like a great time. Oh, uh, they're going to be bummed to find out Ed was a vampire, then was dead. Spoilers. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll get into Sorry it later. Sorry to Lisa Loeb. Ed gets a bad rap and maybe it's because he's kind of ugly chris bourbon's plus isn't the cutest which is not fair justice for ugly people okay yeah ugly people i mean what is ugly even what is ugly what is ugly but a white supremacist ideal hell anyway red all right should we wrap up (laughs) goodbye this is good um okay everyone listening is like i wish you would (laughs) um I feel like one time we should just like re- like record an episode, like fake everybody out, like record a f- like half an episode and like cut it out without ever getting to the plot. Like us just like talking, be like, okay, this is what we were doing, <laughs> and then like cut it. It's just a drop of us chatting, <laughs> chit chatting. Okay, so um, Jerry comes by Charlie's house to borrow some beers. Charlie pointedly doesn't invite him in. Oh wait, okay, for, I'm sorry, I got distracted. So uh, Charlie is at. Ed's house with Lisa Loeb. He's there. And he finds um, on Ed's computer videos of Jerry, um, but he's invisible. And that's proof that he's a vampire since he doesn't show up on tape, I guess. I don't know. This is new lore to the vampire. 
Yeah, I thought it was just mirrors, but it was just um, mirrors. But I don't know what it, what is video and photographs, but like reflective what, light, I guess. Exactly, I and you know, you we don't need to have rules. You know, there does it's just fine. You can have making a it up as we go. Crucifix, nail, blessed by Saint Michael. That's fine. Um. So, <laughs> so then uh, later that night, Jerry comes to Charlie's house, tries to borrow some beers, but. Charlie doesn't invite him in, so he can't cross, cross the threshold. He says some gross things about women, saying that um, women who look a certain way need to be managed, and then says gross things about Amy and Jane and their sense. They said they're ripe for the picking. Ugh, God. And Amy that Jane is, is putting it out there. Yeah, Amy is 17. Charlie and Amy max. are children. Yes. Um, so Amy is waiting upstairs in Charlie's room reading some book that she says makes her horny, but I couldn't read what book it's it was. It's Wuthering Heights. Oh, I couldn't. I was like, what is that? And then I forgot to pause it and go back. Do you need to get your eyes checked again? No, I think it's because I watched screen and screen. So I like, oh, yeah. it wasn't like fully. Um, these are new glasses. Okay. They're uh, cute. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's Wuthering Heights. So she says it makes her horny in like a repressed, depressing way. And Ew. I was like, that's true. <laughs> um... So he sees that his female neighbor, Doris, who is a go-go dancer and not a stripper, Amy, um, not that there's anything Even wrong with being a stripper. Even if she is a stripper, stripper who there's cares? There's absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with that. What's Amy, it to you, Amy? Yeah, shut she the probably, fuck She up, makes enough Amy. money to own a house by herself. And buy Juicy Couture, okay? God. And she has Juicy Couture, um, yeah, like multiple sweatsuits, tracksuits. So suck fuck it, off. Amy. Um, Amy gets pissed that he's not paying attention to her, and she leaves. Um, Charlie doses off and then hears the scream. He calls the cops, but Jerry is able to charm them. I wonder why, ACAB. After he sees Jerry's truck pull away, Charlie goes into his house to look for Doris. He takes a photo of, like, this weird banner insignia on his wall and then um, finds a closet. This is – okay, I promise I won't derail us for too long. But if you're a creepy guy doing creepy stuff, uh-huh. make your house look normal. So right. if people notice you're acting fucking weird and they do, like, they get nosy, you have just a normal-looking residence. Not, like, occult books everywhere and an ancient tapestry on the wall. Like, come on, bro. He's got a full basement layer. Where, for some reason, all of the vampires that he's turned, they're living in the concrete walls. We'll get to that later, too. But, like, why is he sleeping in a bed and they're in the walls? And he's eating a lot of, like, green apples. Like, what does this mean? Where? Why why the apples? Why can you eat food? Yeah. Oh, God. Why? And drink beer. I'm I'm so confused. So, okay. So, he's in his house. He's taking pictures of weird antiques. Then he, like, sees in the closet that he has um, uniforms from different sort of civil workers, including cops, firefighters. Why are those there? Hide them, bro. Hide them. Have you heard of Tupperwares? Have you heard of garment bags? (laughs) Have you heard of garment bags? (laughs) Um, And so so then he hears Jerry coming home. He hides in the closet with the uniforms and discovers a secret hallway with several, like, prison cell kind of things. 
locked inside one is Doris. He picks the lock, um, but here's Jerry coming, so he hides in one of the empty cells. He watches as Jerry bites Doris's neck um, and puts her back. After he leaves, Charlie gets her out. They finally get out into the sunlight, and she bursts into flames. Rest in peace, It's during this uh, sequence that Jerry is watching a classic episode oh, yes, of, of Real Housewives of New Jersey on the As they TV. Sneak it's, about. That's season, it's a season one episode before Teresa got her boob job. So, yeah, I would know that episode anywhere. Wow. She doesn't, they, doesn't she say, she's like, I love my minus My husband's an ass guy. <laughs> um, is that the one who went to, one of them went to jail, right? Yeah, they're, she and her ass guy husband are divorced now. And he got deported to Italy. Ooh, drama. Life comes at you fast. Um, if you don't stop to look around. Okay. You might get deported to Italy. <laughs> um, Charlie tries to warn Jane about Jerry, um, but she dismisses his concerns. At school, he skips class to research Peter Vincent and vampires in the library. And then when Amy comes to look after him and see what the fuck is wrong with him, he ignores her. Instead, he goes into Vegas and breaks into Peter Vincent's convention. Um, he sees like this goofy ass dress rehearsal, which is pretty cute and fun. Um, and then pretends to be an interviewer so he can get access to Peter's apartment above the venue. Um, one of the actors, Ginger, shows Peter shows Charlie Peter's collection of books, artifacts, antiques, etc. Um, Peter, Justice for Ginger. God, poor Ginger. Yeah, bimbos don't get a good uh, portrayal in this movie either. Like, I love a bimbo. I love lingerie no, like, showing. Yeah, neither did the sluts. Like Justice for the sluts, the bimbos. The sex workers, it's not good for any it's of those good. subgroups, yeah. Um, so Peter's drinking Midori on the rocks, which is like... What the fuck? flex, <laughs> bro. Like, have you Initially, ever had Midori? I was like, is it absinthe? Not just, like, alone, right? Like, I, I hate it. Like, I know it's... I don't want to sound misogynistic, right? But, like, Midori is gross, and I don't like it. I think it's the melon flavor. It's Why like do you feel the, like... You're misog- like, do mostly women order it? Yeah, it's like a female, like, Midori sours are like, like a lady drink, I which think is I fine. Must, I've had a Midori sour, yeah. I just don't like that melon taste. I, I don't like it. I like it, like, but I don't think drinking it straight makes any sense <sighs> on the rocks. Ugh, I don't know. Um, hey, speaking of bartending, um, you're a bartender. You're like a hot, cool bartender. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. did, <laughs> did you make a lot of Negroni spagliatos with Prosecco in them um, over these past few weeks? No. I don't work in a place where people would order a Negroni. Actually, I have made a Negroni for somebody. This is before that TikTok clip went, I spit on the mic, um, went viral. But No one would have known. You didn't have to tell that. People, I feel like they could hear the specs of um but i feel like people sometimes hear words or hear names of drinks and they order them without really understanding what they are are. and instead of asking me or instead of i don't know using the computer they carry around with them everywhere they just order it and then don't like it because they didn't know what was in it um so like a negroni is really spirit forward um 
you have to like really yeah, like really gin. like and the way really that like alcohol vermouth. tastes. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. It just tastes like fully alcohol. I do like a Negroni sometimes. It has to be like good gin. But if you order... I wouldn't drink it all the time. Yeah. I do really like... I really like the taste of Campari though. Not... If you don't know what Campari tastes like and... Right. If you don't bitter. like bitter things, you're not going to like it. Yeah. And if... There's certain things that like... If you order an Old Fashioned or you order a Manhattan and you don't have a pre- or you order a Negroni and you don't have a preference on alcohol, that tells me you don't know what you're drinking because higher cost, higher quality whiskeys is what you want to or gins is what you want to drink in a drink like that because you mm-hmm. want to you're going to taste it, you know? You're not going to taste sour or sweet or you're going to taste bitter yeah. and alcohol. So like when you're just like, I want a Negroni. You know, like, do you though? You want to talk about what it's going to taste like? or But anyway, it's that's not yeah. a beginner 21-year-old drink, you know? like. But I don't, like, I don't, I don't order one very often. Like, because also I get extremely fucked up. <laughs> like, extremely, like, and I, it's Wait. just not what I want to drink all night. You but know, like, you're also, like, one. a Campari soda, Aperol spritz lady you know? i really love campari that's true and i love like um any kind of like aperitif or what is liqueur i guess i like things that are like you like botanical right. and really like herbaceous. herbaceous yeah exactly but i mean campari is not for everyone that it's not much is true it, yeah i'm not a campari soda lady i will drink an aperol spritz because i love bubbles you know, but not all the time. I can have one, and then I'm done with it. But anyway, yeah. I don't know. Um, I started drinking. I, they're called Americanos, but I, it's just oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Campari soda with a little like splash of vermouth, and it's just so drinkable and like lovely. And especially because I don't always want to like drink, drink, you know, and it's not very high alcohol content. Right, but I mean, I. Listen, I love shaming people who don't know how to drink. Not to their face, but behind their back. Um, and I think I the mean, longer... everybody has to learn how to drink. That's the thing. Like, but nobody knows how to ask. And the way you do you that ask. is you ask questions. <laughs> yeah. And the way to not do that, the first time you order an old-fashioned should not be in a club at 1 a.m. Like, that's not where you approach the it's situation. It's not, like not where you, you know? want to drink it. Yeah. And I... Yeah. And so, like... Like, the other day, this kid, you know, and I work in a club, so it's different. But this kid was like, I want a lime margarita. And I was like, what? What does that mean? You, what do you want? Yeah. What? Who? I'm like, so a confused. lime with your margarita? Like No, he wanted a margarita. <laughs> he just doesn't know how to order. And then, so, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how, you know, to... Because then I'm also busy, so I don't, I don't have time to have a whole conversation to you about what's in a margarita, you know? But, um... You know, if you're unsure, go to a slow bar during off hours and ask questions. Yeah, with a, and the bartender will talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Don't exactly. ask me when I when there's 200 people staring at me waiting for me to take. And their also, order. bartenders don't like it when you just say to make whatever they want. They want to know what you want. If you've ever, if you ever want to annoy a bartender, be like, I don't know, whatever you would order. I would order a shot of tequila and a beer. I don't think that's what you want. Yeah, I don't like, think... are you? Do you want a cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> what? Tell me. I have three hundred, like you know, vessels of alcohol to give you. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, 
this is that's not what we're here podcast. to talk about is this because we were talking about bud light how did we get here what were we talking about oh we were talking about midori sour that's how we got here <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> is this um, just one of those episodes who the, are you guys having fun i'm having a great no. time <laughs> Uh, Okay, so Midori on the Rocks is in David Tennant's hand. Um, Charlie asks him how to kill a vampire, and Peter um, and tells him about Jerry. Peter throws him out and calls him a nut job. And he also has a rash from his leather pants. (laughs) That like him like grabbing at his crotch is like, whoa, buddy, watch out there, you're gonna hurt yourself. Um, Anyone else doing it would be gross, but I was charmed, frankly, by David Tennant. The way you feel about David Tennant his balls. <laughs> is confusing to me in the same way that the way I feel about Colin Farrell is confusing to you. I'm like, That's why we're a podcast for the people, because exactly. we have diverse all over the tastes. map. Yeah. Um, I think Colin Farrell's like pretty normal, pretty standard. Um, what, you don't think object? that... Being like eleven and watching Casper and thirsting over Bill Pullman is a normal thing to have to happen. Absolutely, just stone cold normal. Um, Daddy. <laughs> so Mark, Dave Franco, and his friend Ben are sitting outside of Charlie's house, house in their car, and are attacked by Jerry. Amy comes by and confronts Charlie about his weird behavior, but surprise, Jerry's at the door, and Jane wants to answer and let him in because he's claiming Charlie is sick. He comes back, sort of like goes zero to a hundred with like they like won't let him in. He's like, okay, let me grab a shovel and I'm gonna go start digging up their back. But I just want to point out too that um, it was really validating too because Charlie is like, mom, don't open the door, and then she was like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I was like, yeah, go. Don't change. let this little fucking boy tell you what to do. But then, yeah, um, she's a good mom. Jane's a good mom. I mean, we can get into the dynamics later, but, like, it's so weird that, I don't know, and Jerry says to him, like, you have to protect them, and they're your business now. It's like, Jane is an adult. She is, like, a successful realtor, single well, mom. I guess if like, you sh- think about it, Jerry's from, like, 1600s. Right. He's from 1611. <laughs> some outdated, like, gender norms. That's yeah. why he thinks it's, like, dope and cool to fucking shove his tongue down a 17 year old a minor's throat throat. yeah Um, i feel like that was supposed to be like hot like he's he's a villain it's hot but i'm like it's i was grossed out because she's a child it's really gross she's like playing a 17 year old yeah um anyway back to business so he starts digging up the backyard pulls the gas line out of the ground um and then lights it on fire several blasts rip through the house you and do it goes not up. want a vampire that's also a handyman that can do stuff like he, this. And even Jane points out in the beginning, she's like, he's handy. Um, she was not wrong. They just barely drive away, but Jerry throws um, Charlie's motorcycle through the back window. I also think this came out like when they were trying to make 3D happen because there's like certain cuts. Oh, Like the motorcycle scene, there's like a scene with like a hammer where I'm like, this doesn't play. So maybe that's why it didn't do that well either. It was like trying to be too gimmicky. I went to, there's like this kind of like mini Legoland in Somerville and Assembly Square. Oh, yeah. And Adam and I went with Ariel and the kids and uh. We went in to, like, watch, like, a 3D Lego movie, and I was like, my stomach hurts. It's too 
you crazy? <laughs> I need a, I need a Tums. I need a, I need a Tums. <laughs> um, uh, 3D movies just like never worked for me. <laughs> Our <laughs> podcast is sponsored by Tums. <laughs> yeah, I, America runs on Tums and ice coffee. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, 3D. I just like, uh, like I don't get the appeal. I just want to watch a movie, you know? Right. I don't. I saw my friend used to work at a movie theater, and we saw, um, fuck, what is that stupid movie? James Cameron movie with the alien, the blue aliens. The Avatar movie? Yeah, we saw Avatar in 3D. And I was like, this is... like a lot. (laughs) I also wear glasses, so I was like trying to juggle the 3D goggles over my glasses. And I was like, I can't see anything. And I'm not convinced they don't just repackage and reuse the glasses. And I'm like, whose skin cells are on me? Um, So the motorcycle flies through the back window... And Jerry then rams him in his big truck, blocks the road, but they smash into him and keep going. But he's stuck under the truck. He's doing a Cape Fear and he crawls his way under the floorboards. Jane stops the car and another car rams into them. Uh, the driver gets out and it's Prince Humperdinck. Chris Sarandon. Sarah, so crazy. Who is in the original. the original Charlie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's pissed, but then Jerry attacks and kills him. Charlie comes out um, with a big cross, but uh, Jerry throws him and taunts him. Jane then impales him from behind with a Century 21 sign. That's um, so funny. It's pretty. Because then he's like wobbling in the road with the sign like flapping. Um, like screeching like a bird. <laughs> um, but she's missed his heart, sadly. They steal the Prince Humperdinck's car and get away. Uh, they take Jane to the hospital, but don't tell anyone about the vampire of it all. Uh, while Jane remains there, like in a, like, I think a, like a medical coma, Charlie and I don't know why, I don't know what happened to her, but she's dead asleep. She hit her, she passed out, remember? And she yeah, hit her head on the pavement. Yeah, but it was just like shock. I don't know. Yeah, it but all she seems hit her like, head on the pavement. It Have seems you fallen like, from your whole height and hit your head on pavement lately? I guess, no. Um, but I think they just wanted to get rid of the middle-aged lady so that he could make out with Yeah, I was kind of disappointed because I was like, Poots. honestly, I would watch a movie that was like Tony Collette and this just like, like screaming. duo. The three, the three of them were so funny together. They were fun I together. It. I love two women ganging up against a man. It's my favorite. Yes. Um, So Charlie and Amy go to see Peter Vincent. He says that the insignia that Charlie showed him when he first came and broke into his house belongs to a species of vampires from the Mediterranean. I think this is funny because they're like, Colin Farrell is like very olive toned and has black hair. So we have to like tell you that he's from the Mediterranean. Is that why he's really into fruit? (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of fruit trees. have apples. (laughs) Um, He... These vampires nest in the earth, eat slowly, keeping their prey alive for days. Just then, Peter's getting a delivery and sends Ginger to go get it. Just then, Vampire Ed is there, and he's a VLH driver, which is like, I think, D- DHL. <laughs> DHL, yeah. <laughs> um, Peter runs and hides in his panic room, slicing off Ed's arm in the process. Charlie and Amy try to run away and find that Ginger is already dead. May she rest in peace. Jerry arrives. I and liked Ginger. She was dope. She like, was funny. She wanted to watch her shows and eat ice cream in her sexy lingerie, but no. She's she got interrupted. to a man, yeah. 
Yeah, and I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, P.P. Vincent never is like, oh, that was unfortunate. Because he kind of gets his, like, little redemption arc, but then... You know, Ginger being, like, brutally murdered isn't really ever revisited psychically by him. Yeah, he doesn't seem to care at all. He, like, And she was on. really funny. He was lucky to be going out with her. She was hot going steady and funny <laughs> going steady. They were, they were cute on each other. Um, Jerry arrives and kills the security guard downstairs. Charlie and Amy hide in the antique room. Um, he sends her away, and he and Ed square off. Charlie wields a battle axe and gets Ed in the neck kind of slowing him down. Amy arms herself with a pistol and silver bullets. Um, She shoots Jerry, but it doesn't work because those are for werewolves. She breaks open another case and throws holy water on him, conveniently placed chalice Yeah, and how did she know there was holy water in there? And what if it wasn't full and you're just like putting air on him or whatever? Um, He sizzles and she manages to get away. Ed puts his head back on, makes a homophobic joke. Um, and tries to bite Charlie. Amy hits him with a mace. He struggles, and then Charlie stakes him in the heart, and he burns to a crisp. They escape downstairs to the nightclub with Jerry close behind. They get separated in the crowd, and Jerry finds Amy and carries her away. He slits his own fingers, rubs blood on his mouth, and then kisses her. She doesn't fight back, really, and kind of seems a little bit into it, which is, like, gross. And then he bites her neck, I think she's in like a trance. She's being like maybe. hypnotized. Yeah. yeah. Um, a guard stops Charlie for looking too young and he gets dragged out of the club. Charlie goes back up to Peter and demands that he come with him to fight. Peter reveals that he's been through this before when he was a kid. A vampire killed his parents. He doesn't want to go with him but gives him a stake blessed by St. Michael that is supposed to bring, um, if you kill the main vampire, it's supposed to bring everyone he's changed back to human form. It's very convenient. Convenient. Charlie gears up and goes into Jerry's house, breaks open all the windows to let the sun in, and goes into the prison cell hallway. Amy is locked in one, um, but she is suddenly dragged down into the basement. Um, Peter has changed his mind, and he joins him. They go into the hole um, in Amy's cell, and... Um, fall into this, like, huge basement lair. Um, Charlie... Uh, something happened. Hold on. Yes. Um, Amy calls out, and they follow her voice into, some into like, a shady-looking area and go even further down into the earth. This is quite the elaborate build. Jerry it's like, how, did, how long did it take how you to build to tie? dig Isn't in he, this? like, kind of a new neighbor, too? That's like, it. Like, they hadn't even met him until, like, the beginning of this week. Yeah, they're like, get that dumpster out of here. He's really attacking, like... Like, where has he been for 400 years? What have you been doing, friend? Yeah, like, where's the... Don't you have, like, more of a coven or something? Like, come on. Yeah. Slacker. Um, Jerry is waiting and attacks Peter. He locks Charlie in with Amy and goes to fuck with Peter, revealing that he was the one who killed his parents. Peter shoots at him but misses. Jerry throws a rock at his head and he bleeds, waking up Jerry's wall vampires. Amy and Charlie hug, but she is turned... vampires! Um, and she taunts him and goes to bite him, but he stakes her and breaks out into the main room, but he intentionally missed her heart, so she's still alive. Peter blasts several stakes at the vampires, um, but his gun shorts because he got it on eBay. 
he is swarmed by vampires and he's being fed on. Charlie shoots holes in the ceiling so they so that the two of them can kind of sit protected by sunlight. Jerry taunts them from the shadows and Peter starts to turn. Jerry and Amy make out in front of him for like a long time. Um, and then she sucks blood from his peck. It turns out that Charlie's gear is fire retardant and Peter lights him up. He jumps onto Jerry and tries to stake him um, and they're like rolling and they like fly thumping or, around like, bow, bow, everywhere. Bow, yeah. yeah. Um, Peter shoots a hole in the ground, like up into the ceiling, the ground, and sunlight streams in even though they're like at least four layers down. There's no way that much sun is coming in. I don't know from where. Uh, Charlie stakes him in the heart and he dies. All the others turn back, including Amy, of course, and Dave Franco, because of course, Charlie this is alive. A fucked up night. <laughs> and then um, he and Amy kiss. In the aftermath, they try to fuck in Peter's apartment, but get interrupted first by a phone call from Jane and then by Peter himself, uh, who eventually leaves. And then they make out and probably fuck in front of the fire on the ground. And Trauma it. bonding, baby. The end. The Ugly end. people die. Sluts die. Um, and a lot of like weird and misogynistic rhetoric and like poor coding of women. Yeah. I yeah, um Amy has like sort of like a virginal she wears a lot of white. Um, and she stupid like little layered like I'm sorry I'm trying to sit up and I I, like sank into the bed a little bit (laughs) Um, yeah she has like this bad layered like 2000 late 2000s outfit that includes like a little white baby doll dress and then it eventually becomes like her vampire outfit Um, just like this tiny tiny dress and, um, yeah, like, Amy is really dismissive and unkind to Doris. I think there is, like, an element of jealousy, obviously, because mm-hmm. Doris is, like, really pretty and has juicy couture butt and is, uh, like, older and Charlie has a crush on her. Um, but she calls her, like, a stripper as, yeah. in a derisive way. And, um, like, Doris really goes Has under done the gun for Charlie. Wrong. She's like, just like, hey, Charlie. Yeah. yeah, how's it going? Oh, your bike's not working, whatever. And she gets, because they, like, make up, the movie makes a point to, like, she has, like, words written on her butt. And so she's asking men to look at her butt. And she works in Vegas and is a dancer of some sort. She Again, is, like, she's cannon fodder. Again, she's financially independent. She owns a house, like, she's taking care of herself. We see her, like, taking out the garbage or, like, working on her house or something. And the only thing she's guilty of is having, like, a non-traditional income stream, like, and non-traditional according to, you know, whatever standard the rest of the neighborhood has. It's really ick. Yeah, she's, like, literal cannon fodder. And even uh, in the, like, secret room when... Um, Jerry is biting her. She is like, like basically sacrifices herself because she for, tells Charlie, like, shh. Yeah, she for, like tells him not to come and help her. She's like, you know, I have to die for this young man. He has so much promise or something. Right? For why? For whom? And for it's, why? For who? Um, 
like, so Ginger is our other slut who is seen, like, without clothes on and, like, in her lingerie and... Also uh, extremely racist because she has... Extremely racist. Like, she's... Her, uh, like, Latina accent is a punchline. Like, she's initially shown, like, floating ethereally in the magic show. And then when she starts to talk she has like a heavy um like latin accent and so it's like a total joke and um she's just like a silly kind of like ridiculous slut you look really worried are you okay no well because so um ginger is played by sandra vergara who is um sofia vergara's adopted sister slash cousin wow so Um, she's colombian she's colombian um, and yeah, her sister is a singer. Yeah, I didn't, I was just reading that. Sorry, as you were talking. But yeah, the accent is offensive. Um, not because it, like, if it wasn't a punchline of the story, it wouldn't be, but they, like, make it. Be- she was her, so she's a joke. young. She's, like, yeah. our age. She was so young when she was in this movie. Um, and they, like, and Peter says, like, oh, I fucked her or whatever. Um, yeah, early and also before. now it's, like, she was like twenty four, and he was like forty five. So that's gross too. Ew. Um. Yeah. So she and they like kind of. I don't know. She's also a joke because she's like sitting in bed eating ice cream and like doesn't want to be interrupted. And like they have like this weird tumultuous relationship. And then when she dies because of something that he did and people he invited into their home. He doesn't, no one seems to care at all. Like, he looks also at the camera. Yeah. Also, Cannon Fodder looks at the camera and is like, oh, sad. And then moves on with his life entirely um, and continues to live in the apartment he shared with her where she died. Um, sus. Yeah, and he's, like, happy as a clam afterwards. Like, making it's... jokes, letting teenagers fuck in his, in his, on his floor. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Um, also, inappropriate relationship with the high schoolers, sir. Ooh, yeah, like, I don't even want to talk to people who are, like, under the age of 25. No, thank you. No, yeah, totally. I think I think she's the only person of color in the movie, too, right? Um, we see, like, people who don't have lines or names. Um, the one of... Amy's one of Amy's unnamed friends, friends is black. Is yeah, she has a name in the credits. In the credits, uh, we don't hear it's it. It's Cara, on screen. but we don't hear it on screen. Um, uh, some of the neighbors are black, um, but that's they don't get names or stories. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's so, pretty racist. Bum, bummer town, Marty. You have some explaining to do. Um, yeah, um, and. Amy has, like, a – she's not, like, the other girl's sort of syndrome, too, where she's, like – I guess when you I think like about you it, for it's, you. like – Yeah, exactly. Like, extra gross because the most, like, objectionable things in this movie are in, like, the dialogue and descriptors of women. And Marty mm-hmm. did that. She's the screenwriter, man. What the fuck, lady? Where's, you like, always answers. Exactly. I think, like – I, what I appreciate about, like, depictions of vampires sometimes is that, like, they are making, they're turning the male gaze on men, you know? Like, and they kind of do that a little bit with Jerry. 
and they're like, oh, he's so hot or whatever. Um, and the same thing kind of with David Tennant. He like has his shirt shirt off a lot, and he's like got the like wig and whatever. But he's but also he's kind also of a play joke. for laughs, yeah, yeah. But uh, so I don't think that goes far enough either. Is like as much I mean, as they sexualize. Not really- scary though like I don't really know what we're supposed to feel about Jerry like I don't think the depiction is really like accomplishing anything meaningful because it's just pulled in too many directions like is he sexy is he scary like is he a cult leader is he gross yeah (laughs) yeah because they also give him like like weird because of course when he turns to his into a vampire his face changes and he has like long fingernails so like it's kind of like hot turned ugly right but then Mm -hmm. it's also like then he's making out with children and he's a predator, but they don't really make a point of that being gross. I think it's supposed to be played for sex appeal. I don't, yeah, it's strange, strange. Depiction. And I think that I read somewhere that Amy, he's like drawn to Amy because she's supposed to remind him of like someone he, like a woman he loved when he was human. And I was like, oh, like, it's always that, isn't it? Come on, shut the fuck up. She's a child. She's a child. Like, You're 400 years old. Yeah, like, Get there's a grip. so, like, few conversations about consent, and I get it's, like, a silly vampire movie, but, like, ew. And also, uh-huh. he's, like, man- mentally manipulating the women he's sleeping with, like, Amy's in, under some kind of, like, trance or whatever. Yeah. The only great female depiction is obviously Toni Collette. And it was probably written badly, and Toni Collette just made it good because she's awesome. Because her line deliveries are superb. Well, I do think, like, I like her relationship with Charlie. Like, they have a, like, parent-child relationship that's, like, open and based in trust. And, like, yeah, she, some parents, when, like, Jerry came to the door and is like, your son is harassing me. They would have been like, oh, you know, I obviously, like, inherently side with the grown-up, but Jane, like, puts her faith in Charlie, you know, and And I like that dynamic. Right. And she does say, like, you're being crazy, like, nobody's a vampire or whatever, but yeah, she doesn't immediately let him in when Charlie's like, no, stop, I mean it. He's, like, clearly terrified, right? I do think she's relegated to the background, and like you said, I wish we got more Tony Collette screen she time. Been as more, yeah, Blaze. used more. Yeah, because I thought like the Amy Charlie Jane dynamic was great because she, first of all, isn't like a mother in law that wants to fuck her son, which is great. She's just right. like she's really I love like, Amy. Has, yeah, she has a strong affinity for Amy. Like they have trust and like their own dynamic between them, which and she, Amy feels like safe and like, welcome in her home. Like, she's... Mm-hmm. I think she was a good... A great character. I would have loved to see more of her. Yeah. And when, like, Amy comes over for dinner kind of earlier in the movie and Charlie has to run off to go meet Ed, presumably Amy stays to have dinner alone with Jane mm-hmm. because that was the plan and then Charlie took off. So, like, that's... Yeah, it's refreshing to not have, like, an Oedipal depiction of a mother and son. Always. Um, which is usually the default, but... Um, I also think it's like, I appreciated the fact that she was a successful single mother, but then they had to be like, 
you know, say something that Jerry... Your father was a deadbeat. Right, yeah. And it's your... You have to protect them now. And your mother's putting it out there. You may not notice, but she wants to fuck me. You know, like, it's Like, it's not her fault she's super hot. Right? Whatever, bro. Tony Collette doesn't have to make apologies for being banging, you know? But, like, what is that element of Jerry's personality? Because, like, what are his... Is he motivated by sex like is he motivated by control i think yeah like i guess control because he's trying he to make changes. like a vampire army but because he doesn't what? just change women i think he does yeah. go after women and we see lots of ladies in this vampire and we layer, see but lots he of also... women that i think are also coded as like right sex workers or you know the same kind of like ilk as doris which is like in this case a very like harmful and um, intentional coding, you know? Right, like people, ladies who work in Vegas at night, you know? And, but then he also is changing, like, teenage boys at random, like Mark and like, Ed. I guess and they're just there. They're yeah. like, oh, you're easy. I need you to come over here. I but know, I guess, weird. yeah, like, for what? <laughs> like, well, do you have a plan? Like, do you, you have a plan? A little you fun? have all these, like... like, prison cells? What's, yeah, what's your motivation, friend? Um, I don't know. I don't think Colin Farrell's a great. The way he played this, I was just like, I don't know. I yeah, you liked it, Farrell. yeah. I, I mean, this is maybe not his my favorite role of his, sure, but I do. Like I Colin also Farrell. do feel like the lobster? how we sort of come on. I haven't seen it. Is it good? Yeah, it's weird, but it's good. I liked it. It's like you turn into an animal if you don't find your mat like partner yeah. match or something, right? It's yeah. like very. Um, yeah, sort of, like, quiet, Isn't it a David Foster Wallace story? I don't know, maybe. I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, but I also think, like, there has been sort of a reckoning about how we talk about consent and, like, situations like this with power dynamics. So pre, you know, like, 2018, this was... No, he writes a he wrote a book about a lobster festival. Forget me. It's called Consider the Lobster. It's about a lobster festival. Different in Maine. lobster. I was like, I didn't think uh, it's so. It's not fiction. Yeah. Think based on a book. Um, but. but yeah, like I think, I mean, for like I grew up, I was a well, I graduated college in two thousand eleven, but in high school, like there were not rules or limitations or standards about how like, adult men in our lives spoke to us. It was just sort of, like, all bets were off. And it's just kind of, I think it all in all, it's a fun movie, but some of the, like, ways that adult men are just allowed to walk around talking about women and, like, young girls is just, like, duh, fuck, bro. It was just nasty to revisit that. Um, Not that that's gone away, but I feel like. No, it hasn't. There's complete, like, openness and it being accepted and a part of, like, our lives, you know? Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, it hasn't changed. I think it's just kind of more, we're pretending that it's it like has. It's, like, more taboo now. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, but I also, I feel like people, like, especially with, like, Gen Z, like, they're kind of like setting a standard of being more empowered to be like no you can't talk to me like that whereas we were raised by repressive boomers and like we just like weren't always taught like it was like 
you know, do what a grown the grown up says. <laughs> like you didn't right, really yeah. love the voice, you know. I don't know. I one day will like the pendulum will swing back and or swing for the know. first time ever. <laughs> Maybe it'll break and then you know I don't know we'll yeah. all be dead by then probably. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> um yeah. I mean. Marty, it's very one note exploration of gender. No, like nuance and gender roles. Um, I do kind of think representation of people of color. Nothing. Oh shoot! What were you gonna say? Sorry. Oh, Caesar texting you. Yeah, uh, we have to go pick up the truck. Okay, so right. Yeah, Um, I was just gonna say that we haven't talked a lot about Charlie, who kind of almost fills a final girl role because he's got like he's a, a virgin so he's a virgin and because he like is nerdy and sort of not this movie's idea of like ultimate male attractiveness um he gets to like kind of move outside or kind of in between those roles like with ed True. and with mark and his relationship with amy he's like definitely the bottom you know she's the top and he's the bottom yeah for sure and so like that's kind of refreshing but again men have the capacity to do that men are allowed to kind of navigate like their own way like and yeah. the women in this movie are not allowed to do that and even like jane is a single mom but she's still like very feminine like always very put together like she's wearing skirts mm-hmm. and she's got like the like preppy collars and like pin straight hair and high heels also i feel like like a realtor is such a like single mom in movies oh yeah occupation you know <laughs> i do think that century 21 stake to the, a vampire's chest is a good enough joke that I'm willing to, like, allow her to be a it's realtor. It's very funny. <laughs> I yeah. loved it. I, like... Yeah, I, I totally agree about Charlie, though. He, like, is able to occupy these liminal spaces between, like, femininity and masculinity, but, like, why can't more characters in this movie Why is it Amy why allowed they, to do that? Like, why does Ed have to be, like, a fucking weird incel who calls women that he won't sleep with him sluts and stuff? Like, it's just right. insane. Just because he's like, ugly, you know? Honestly, Christopher Mintz-Plass shouldn't have taken this role. <laughs> it was a really bad edit. And, yeah, it was, like, obviously, I'm assuming this is after Superbad. I can't remember when Superbad came out. But I think so, yeah. He positioned himself as, like, the kind of, like, quirky friend of, you know? Yeah. And... To a certain extent, he's doing that in this space, but in, like, a more violent way because... It's incel-y, yeah. Yeah, he's, like, super incel-y. He's angry that Charlie didn't want to stay friends with him, but maybe Charlie didn't want to stay friends with him not because he was nerdy, but because, like, listen to how you talk about women, dude. Like, he's a skank, slut, whore. Like, he says horrible things about... Amy, Amy yeah. and like other and like women. listen of course I want to you know everybody wants to bang her it's just like gross it's just gross yeah um I feel like they're it's not like obviously Mark and Ben are like also kind of dicks but they are less like sinister and more goofy than Ed and there's no like accountability for ed because at the end of the day charlie's just like oh i abandoned my best friend and i'm like he's kind of an asshole i would maybe abandon him too (laughs) don't worry about it yeah (laughs) and mark and they like make mark like 
you know, track them down. Like, what are you doing? Skateboarding, getting your nerd slime on the sidewalk. But, like, it is kind of goofy. And maybe it's because it's Dave Franco that I'm like, this shit's goofy, you know? But I, I well, like... Well, there was also the moment where Charlie's, like, putting garlic up and they see him from the sidewalk. Mm. And they're like, what's he doing? But it's not, like, an, an immediate, like, he's a fucking weirdo. We're not going to talk to him right. anymore. Yeah, they're like... Ben, the other guy, is like, oh, he's probably just paranoid. Like, I had this hallucination that this happened and they're like they're just stoner <laughs> right? they're just like chilling in their car smoking a joint yeah. like what's that and guy ed doing is like, guy, like... ed is like the unabomber you know right he's like a you know an incel a guy who thinks that he like pussy is his prize like he prize deserves right. it yeah, yeah for exactly. being a man i it's gross so like it's okay to ditch your nerdy best friend if he is like Lame. a misogynist creep yeah um oh, and right, I, we should oh, yeah we have to wrap up but what i was gonna say is that it's directed by craig gillespie again we don't have to get into the whole itania of it all but his newest or like most media relevant escapade lately is pam and tommy Oh, I guess I was only looking at his film filmography, but he Wait. also did Cruella, which I was like, ugh, no. But Pam and Tommy, problematic. Pamela Anderson did not agree to this, has not, was like contacted about it, but did, was not in support of it and was not like mm-hmm. consulted on it. And it's based on Tommy Lee, her abuser's memoir that's fucking gross like that's gross and i watched it and or some of it i didn't watch all of it and i'm like kind of mad about it like that's gross that they even thought that it was okay to do that like it's not okay to tell a woman's yeah it's not okay to tell a woman's abuse story without her fucking consent that's not okay at least acknowledge that you don't have her consent and like what kind of story you're telling if because a lot of people did the same thing they watched it and they were like oh shit i didn't know when i started it i didn't know either Mm -hmm. and and it's like and to like base it off of a mem the memoir of her abuser to tell the story using her perspective like they go into her perspective on like when her movie was coming out and they're like like making it seem as though they had her consent or her her side of the story and they didn't and they don't and like yeah i really loved i tanya and i thought i liked craig gillespie and i really like seth rogan but i'm like i this is upsetting to me i'm upset by this yeah i don't know and it's like where i don't men aren't like don't have you don't have the authority to tell this woman's story without her at all no ifs, ands, yeah. or buts. I don't know. I He's canceled in my mind. Goodbye, yeah, Bush. which pisses me off because, again, I have capital letter feelings about I, Tanya. I don't know. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, we do have to wrap this up. What do you want to fuck? Um, fuck Craig Gillespie. You're right. I'm not even going to say your name right. Fucker. Yeah. Um, fuck it. Suck Colin Farrell dick. in a nice way. Disagree, but R.I.P. <laughs> Anton Yelchin. Fuck that you died. That sucks. Like, you were a really good actor. Baby and, um, of the world, yeah. Baby of the world, exactly. And in, like, a tragic accident. I Yeah. Um, great actor. 
you know, gone too soon. Very sad. Um, anyway, um, find us on our Instagram at spooky succubus underscore cast. Um, and then hop over to our Patreon from the link tree in our bio. We have tiers starting as low as $1 a month where you can get bonus content for three, maybe $3, $2, I don't remember. But there is a small dollar amount you can get our book club. And for November's book club, it's bi-monthly. And we'll be reading Frankenstein by Mary Ooh. Shelley. Mary um, Shelley. Mary Shelley. She's dead now. But, um, <laughs> and then um, on the bonus feed right now, we have Casper, the friendly ghost. And for November, we're doing Housebound. So there's a lot of good stuff oh, coming yeah. up. If you guys just pay $1, we'll give you special stuff and like yeah. hugs. And like so hug, many hugs. virtual hugs. We'll do whatever you want, honestly. Yeah. You don't even have to pick a horror movie. Yeah, you know, maybe we, we should do, do I, Tanya if there's enough interest, which I'm sure there'll be overwhelming <laughs> like response. People, people calling in? 1-800-SHUT-UP. 1-800-I-TANYA. <laughs> All right, I have to go because we're going to Kowloon tonight with some friends. Wow. Jealous? I am. I have to go <laughs> um, to the mechanic. <laughs> much more fun. So remember that you can't shit upward. And stay ugly. And get fucked. Kisses. Bye-bye. <laughs>